I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwich. Hello dear listeners, welcome to Akdung Millwall, a Monday show after that wonderful 1-0 win up there at Middlesbrough. Now one of my ideas for the new season is, like a lot of my ideas I suppose, it's a rehash of an old idea. Um, I was going to do some um, preview shows for the fixtures as we go through the forthcoming campaign. Um, you know, revisiting old fixtures from the past of an equivalent fixture that's upcoming. So, for example... Tomorrow night, we are due to play Reading in the Caribou Cup, formerly known as the League Cup. Um, many sponsorship incarnations for uh, the League Cup. But we're due tomorrow night to play Reading, a competition that's become much maligned, let's be quite honest with you. Um, if the FA Cup's taken a tumble and it's standing, the EFL League Cup, as I know it, League Cup, has taken um, a, 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 the proverbial kick in the in the balls, um, and is you know is, is a competition that very few take terribly seriously nowadays. But nevertheless, I'm going to go along there tomorrow night, um, more out of a sense of uh, naive excitement for the season ahead, really. Um, so nevertheless, I thought it would be quite nice to pick a as close an equivalent fixture from the past as I could find from um, Mill history. And we're playing Mil- uh, Reading at home tomorrow night, as I've said. So I've had a quick look through the um, you know the highways and byways of of Millwall history, and I've found a League Cup fixture, fourth of September, nineteen eighty four. Dear listeners, wow, that's what thirty nine years ago. Um, Millwall four, Reading three. This was a two legged affair back then in the uh, round one of the Milk Cup, as it was known. Do you remember the Milk Cup, listeners, older listeners? Um, so a two-legged affair. First leg had finished one all at uh, Elm Park. That would have been back then for Reading. Um, and the home leg at the Den, Coldblow Lane, the proper Den, as uh, I, if I put my curmudgeon's hat on for a moment, um, that was a 4-3 win for the Lions. Now, I was not there for this game, listeners, and I don't know why. I've been racking my brains looking at this fixture. Um, this would be the early 80s. I, I, I went a little bit off the boil at that Point. I was um, in the midst of various things, and I don't think I made it to this this fixture, midweek league cup uh, round one second leg game at the Den. Um, only three and a half thousand, three thousand five hundred and ninety 
other hardy souls did make it there, not including me on this occasion, so I can't claim any moral high ground over those that didn't go that night. Um, but yeah, a 4-3 win for the Lions, uh, which would lead us to progress to the round two of that competition that season, where we would exit over two legs there again to, to Chelsea, a 3-1 loss um, at Stamford Bridge, and then a one-all draw at the Den, seeing us out of the competition that for that particular season. Incidentally, the League Cup has always been a Cinderella. Um, we've never really progressed terribly far on it. I can remember off the top of my head, and I've done zero research on this question, it's just occurred to me as I'm talking to you. Um, we had a quarter-final in the 90s, didn't we? Was it Swindon away? Was that uh, Jan Argafiotoft under Mick McCarthy? We went went down 2 or 3-1 at, at Swindon, I believe. Um, that was a quarter-final of the League Cup, as memory serves, so that would be around about mid-90s, 95-ish, I think. Um, and then the only other time that I can remember us ever making progress in the League Cup would be in the um, 70s, when I first started going, actually, about two years into my Millwall career, such as you can call it a career, we played Norwich during the era of um, power cuts and the miners' disputes of the early 70s. And I remember going along, um, I think I mentioned bunking off school, um, it was a Wednesday afternoon fixture, quarter-final of the League Cup, and it drew quite a decent crowd for an afternoon game. Um, not as many as it would have drawn in the evening, naturally. And I think we went out after a replay. It was a draw, I think, at the Den, and then uh, didn't go to the the replay fixture at Norwich. I think that was a 1-0 loss up there. So that was a quarter-final exit there, early 70s and early 90s. But really, the League Cup has never, um, has never shaken our world, has it, listeners? Not like the FA Cup. There's no track record of success or excitement. Um, the only other League Cup um, fixture that springs to mind immediately, I suppose, for different reasons, would be the World, the uh, West Ham fixture about uh, fifteen years ago now. For but that was a that was a for you know for very different reasons. Let's not dwell on those reasons as to why that's memorable. So anyway, we're considering this um, Millwall versus Reading four three win for the Lions, played on September the fourth, nineteen eighty four. Wow. A long while ago, 39 years, listeners. Um, I don't know if, what age you are listening to this show, but there are some, sometimes you look at a date and you think it's just like yesterday, and it's nice, 39 years ago. I think I find with um, the release of various albums now, it's like the 50th anniversary of, um, I don't know, uh, you know, the Bowie album that I particularly love, for example, um, you know, Golden Years, uh, the Young Americans, or whatever. Station to station, that turns out to be 50 years ago. So similar kind of vibes here. Um, not much in the way of reportage from the national press. The Daily Mirror did carry a short paragraph in amongst a, a series of short paragraphs about the, the, the evening's action. Um, Millwall battled back to win a Milk Cup thriller at the Den last night, 5-4 in aggregate, they say. Trading 2-3 at half-time to Reading, Dean Neal, Broke the scores level with a superb overhead kick. And then Nicky Chatterton put Millwall through after Alan Judge had brilliantly saved Steve Lovell's 78th minute penalty. Neil and Lovell had twice put Millwall ahead in the first half, with Reading storming back through David Crown with two and Trevor Senior. Um, that's, the, that's the Daily Mirror report. There's actually a fairly extensive report in the, the Reading Evening Post. 
Um, but I'm just going to run through the team, the Mill team certainly, for that night before I go through the the evening post report, which is quite um, in depth. Um, so yeah, the the evening uh, the the team for this this evening would have been managed by George Graham, of course, a huge landmark figure in Mill history. We've mentioned him a good few times on these kinds of shows over time. But anyway, the middle side for this particular fixture is Paul Sansom, Keith Stevens, Les Briley, Dave Martin, Bill Roffey, Antona Tudakovsky, Dave Cusack, Nicky Chatterton, Steve Lovell, uh, Kevin Bremner and Dean Neal. A substitute unused on this particular night is, is Alan McCleary. Um, so yeah, I'm going to read through the evening, but if you'll indulge me, it's a bit of a cheat really to read out a press report, but sometimes it... It captures a fixture that you weren't at in a way that, um, you know, you can't do yourself. So they've got a, a list of how the goals went in. So let's go through that, actually. 16 minutes, Dean Neal heads in. Nicky Chatterton's cross to give Mill the lead, 16 minutes in. Uh, for Tre- uh, Crown, I don't know his first name, for Reading. Crown equalises almost straight from the kickoff. 17 minutes, it's one each. 25 minutes, Steve Lovell heads in Kevin Bremner's cross to put the lines back in front. 29 minutes, Senior puts the, the Royals, uh, the uh, Reading, back on level terms with a close-range shot. So two all inside half an hour. 34 minutes, disaster from Millwall. Crown puts Reading ahead with a superbly chipped shot, it says. Uh, half-time comes and goes. Into the second half, 72 minutes. Dean Neal makes it all square again with a spectacular overhead kick. And then 78 minutes, the, the coup de grace Nicky Chatterton follows up uh, to grab the winner after Judge in the Reading goal saved Steve Lovell's penalty. Um, the report is by Steve Thompson of the Reading Evening Post. He says Reading came off the worst in a seven-goal thriller at the Den last night to crash out the Milk Cup at the first hurdle for the fourth successive season. Um, we must have exited that competition certainly at second round level for some years now. I can't think it was making it much beyond the second round for. Many, many years, listeners, can you? I've done no research on that particular point. It's just occurred to me as I'm talking. But I don't remember us making any progress. I mean, we mentioned quarterfinals. Forget about them. I think we've gone out of this Carabao Cup, EFL Cup, whatever version you want to call it. I think we've gone out first or second round level for a long, long time. Decade? That long, is it? Don't know. Have to check, but anyway, we don't make much progress very quickly in the League Cup. Um, no bitter recriminations from uh, Reading manager Ian Branford. There's a name from the past. After the game, he was merely proud that his team had helped make the first round, this first round, second leg, such a classic cup tie. Not only was it the second game that Reading had lost under his managership, but it was surely the most exciting. Um, then it goes on to describe the goal sequence, which we've done already. Sounds like a full-blooded, blooded. Um, Affair. Interestingly, Steve Wood, who would later um, come on and play for uh, such a crucial part in the Millwall promotion season, of course, of 87-88, uh, was booked just after they played for Reading at this point, just after the half-time break. Um, so we can continue. Uh, Wood had survived an earlier penalty appeal against him for handling across from Dean Neal. Further loud shouts for spot kicks when first Steve Richardson shoved at Lovell in the back, then Derek Christie... On his debut for the Royals, founder Tulakovsky, but the referee Mike James gave three kicks both times outside the box. Um, an equaliser was always on the cards as we go through the second half. 
and it came eventually in the most spectacular fashion imaginable. That, that's quite a big claim, isn't it? I can think of some really spectacular situations where, you know, equalisers might go in. Uh, but uh, Dean Neal collected a 72nd minute throw-in with his back to goal and left Alan Judge dumbfounded, a good word, dumbfounded, by an explosive overhead kick into the net. Did anyone, if anyone listening to the show um, saw that, I weren't there, as I've said, but if you saw that, do um, drop us a message and describe that goal. They're saying an explosive overhead kick, and the Daily Mirror's followed suit, actually. Um, thereafter, it was only a matter of time before Reading conceded another, says the Evening Post, as their midfield melted visibly away. Uh, Kevin Bremner shot just wide before the outstanding Atulakovsky made yet another darting run into their penalty area, into the Mill penalty area. Both Duncan and Richardson challenged him and the Mill midfielder crashed to the ground with a Hollywood flourish. <laughs> this is a hometown paper, listeners. This is a Reading paper. He's gone down with a Hollywood flourish. That's got like, um, I don't know, I'm picturing a, a, a dance kind of uh, Ginger Rogers or someone going down with Fred Astaire in you know close proximity. Uh, the player appeared to fall deliberately. Oh, wow, it says, rather than being chopped down. I mean, the chopped down, this bloke's gone down, the Tchulikovsky's gone down like a swan lake, I think is the implication of the Evening Post's reportage. Um, but the referee, after a moment's hesitation, pointed to the spot. Still, the drama wasn't over for Judge. Um, the goalkeeper is called Judge, uh, who superbly saved Steve Lovell's spot kick before Nicky Chatterton hammered in the rebound. It was a second time in two games that Judge had been had kept out had been kept out of the penalty area, only to be beaten by the follow up shot. Uh, there was still time for Judge to pull off another spectacular save from Nicky Chatterton before the close. Two home players, Dave Martin and Keith Stevens, received cautions late on to bring the total of players booked in the match to five. And as we've said, the Mill side: Sansom Stevens, Ruffy Briley, Martin Cusack, Lovell. Kevin Bremner, Dean Neal, Nicky Chatterton, the Tudorkovsky and the substitute McClary. The Reading side, I've got it listed here. Let's go through that. Uh, Judge, Williams, Richardson, Beaven, Hicks, Wood, Steve Wood. Duncan, Horrocks, there's another name from Millwall Pass, Dean Horrocks. Uh, Senior, I think that was Trevor Senior, I remember that name. Christy Crown, substitute Gilks. That's Michael Gilks. Could be. Attendance, 3,590. I picked out two names from that team. Um, Bill Roffey is a name that I don't think we've mentioned ever, and we may not mention him in many other circumstances. I, I, part of my commitment to this show is to produce the uh, the unusual, the obscure, the quirks and the uh, the nooks and the crannies of Mill history. So I've gone for Bill Roffey, listeners, as one of my two name picks from that Mill side. Um, I remember Bill Roffey playing for Orient through the 70s. He was just one of those names that stuck in my head from those years. Um, he's a left-back and played 52 games for the London. I'm quoting here from Nils Mill, who's who, an invaluable document. You, if you're a Mill fan, you've got to get a copy. You've got to have a copy of this. He's updating at the moment. It's a huge amount of work that's gone into it. Every Mill's ever played. And uh, you can't call yourself a Mill fan unless you've got a copy of Nils' book, so buy it. Uh, he needs the money as well. Um, 52 games for, for Bill Roffey as left back. Born in Stepney in February 1954. Um, his career spans such sides as Crystal Palace, Leighton Orient, we've mentioned. Uh, he's on loan at Brentford. He joined Millwall in August 1984, played for two seasons for us. 
when they went to the USA, played non-league in Barnet. Lexos, I think, is a Portuguese side, played at Margate, Canterbury, Margate Management, and then Tunbridge Angels. Um, his debut for the Lions was made against Swansea on the 25th of August, 1984. He scored in that game. The description of Bill, I like this description. Um, There's good use of the word swashbuckling. Bill, a swashbuckling left back who liked nothing better than careering down the wing. Now, if that doesn't put an image in your mind, I don't know what will, listeners. Uh, Parasical kind of image. A swashbuckling left back who liked nothing better than careering down the wing. Played for Orient in the 1978 FA Cup semi-final defeat to Arsenal and was signed by George Graham after making 300 appearances for the East London outfit, for the O's. Um, he was part of the Mill squad that won promotion from Division 3 in 1985, but was given a free transfer after Paul Hinchelwood was signed um, after management in various non-league signs in, sides in Kent and running a football camp in, camp in Dallas. Bill became a project manager for the building company St George, PLC, and now Haig. Um, Bill Ruffey. Um, a name that we probably haven't mentioned before and I don't know if we'll mention him again uh, for no reason other than the fact he doesn't crop up very often but here's a chance I thought to mention Bill and to say thank you Bill for your contribution to Mill or your service uh, the other name I've picked out was one of the, the goal scorers Dean Neal much more popular um, figure in Mill history um, a goal scorer uh, born in Edmonton, Dean John Neal. Born in Edmonton, 5th of January 1961. 152 games, 62 goals. There's a scoring record for you listeners. That's that not far short of a goal every other game um, over 1981 to 1985. Started his career with QPR. He's played in America, the Tulsa Roughnecks. Millwall joined us in 1981 for 80,000. You know, figures there. Uh, then went off into obscurity. Is that fair? I don't know if you're listening. If you're listening, Dean, six thousand pounds for South End to South End in January 1986. Cambridge uh, QPR finished up playing at Fisher in 1988. For a player that's rattled in 62 goals versus in 152 games, that seems like a a career fade out that's quite um, dramatic to me. What do you think, listeners? Is there more to this than meets the eye? I don't know. Um, the write-up for Dean says, Dean went through the ranks of QPR, but like his younger brother John, John Neal, played for the Lions. The leading scorer in 1983 with 19 goals. Saw him pick up a Football League trophy, winner's medal that season, and named Player of the Season, Player of the Year. Top scorer in 1984, who's part of the squad that secured promotion from Division Three a season later. A personality clash with George Graham forced him out of the club. Wow. And he even had to sign on the dole after Mill stopped paying his wages. Bitter. That's bitter, isn't it? He eventually left Southend United is now a London cabbie. Um, that's interesting, isn't it? That would be... um, Dean, if you're listening, mate, if you ever get to... I'd like to know more about that. That's, that's interesting. Um, there's a lot of, lot of ground being covered in that sentence, listeners, isn't there? A personality clash... With George Graham forced him out of the club, and he had, even had to sign on the dole after Mill stopped paying his wages. He eventually left for Southend, and is now a London cabbie. Um, there's a player that scored 62 goals across 152 games. So there's a a goal scorer, natural goal scorer. After he left the Lions, got the Southend. Don't know if injury played a part in this. Possible. A lot of injury, you know, 
stunted careers back then, wasn't there, in the 80s? But to go with, with that kind of track record, OK, third division football, yes, I get that. But still, goal scorers are goal scorers. Uh, Southend, Cambridge, QPR and Fisher. Seems a strange story. I'd like to know more about that. There we are, dear listeners. Um, that's a preview of sorts for tomorrow night's home game against the uh, Reading in the Carabao Cup. I thought that might make a nice little preview. Fixture from 39 years ago. It will seem like just yesterday for anyone that's of a certain age. Might seem like ancient history to some of the kids. I don't know. That's the way of the world. Um, so anyway, we'll, I'll be there tomorrow night for the, the Caribou Cup game. I will be doing my usual business there. And there'll be another show, Achtung show, later on in the week. Bit of a review of um, you know the win or loss tomorrow night. And we'll be back for sure at the weekend for the, the home visit. Of Bristol City, huge game. It's going to be a big occasion. So anyway, there we are. Until the next edition of Achtung Mill, hope you've enjoyed this pre-match preview. We'll do a few of these over the course of the season. Until the next edition, however, it's me, Nick Hart, signing out and saying Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung Millwall. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.